0: the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited time offer, so act now. Hey, what's up, folks? My name is Rob Gorski, and you're listening to the Autism Dad Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. You guys are absolutely amazing, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, So thank you for your time. Uh, I have another parent-to-parent conversation for you guys today. And before I get into that, I want to do a quick housekeeping thing. Number one, uh, I want to make you guys aware that going forward, this podcast may contain explicit language. I'm going to change the rating to reflect that. The reason for that is that when I interview these parents, I want them to be free to speak the way they need to speak. I don't want to censor anyone. I don't want to, um, kind of put anybody in, in a box. I want them to be able to say what they need to say and how they need to say it. it's the whole point of doing this. So, uh, if you're offended by uh, colorful language, maybe this isn't the podcast for you anymore. And for that, I'm sorry, uh, mom, I apologize ahead of time. I love you. Um, but I think in some situations like this, it's entirely appropriate. And, uh, I would rather hear somebody telling me their story with colorful language. If that's the need to do, uh, than, than not get to see their true story. Right. And so, so I think, I think that this is the right thing to do. And, uh, so that's how we're going to proceed going forward. That being said, uh my guest today is Lynn Sparrow. Uh I met her a couple of weeks ago by the time this airs and uh we had an amazing conversation. Uh Lynn is absolutely hilarious. She is a single mom. She works full-time as a publicity coordinator for the CW network. Um she fostered her child and then later adopted him. Uh he is currently 5 years old, diagnosed with level 3 autism at the age of 3. And we just have this hilarious conversation about how her life is. Uh, we talk about the diagnostic process for foster kids, because that's a whole other ball game that I knew nothing about. Um, you know, how she's managing with COVID and, and, you know, remote learning and, and all that stuff right now. Cause it's crazy. There is so much stuff happening right now in everybody's lives. And, uh, and it's interesting to see how other people are managing and, Lynn is again, she's absolutely hilarious. You guys are going to love, uh, hearing this conversation. So please stay tuned. We will be right back after this quick commercial break. Uh, and we're back. And this week I'm speaking with, uh, Lynn Esparo. Uh, she's a special needs mom. And, uh, we're just gonna have a conversation about kind of what that's like for her and, and kind of swap stories and kind of see what we have in common and, and, uh, you know, help kind of Mainstream some of what special needs parents uh deal with and some of the challenges that we face. So thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show. Appreciate that. It's
1: my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. I am a single mom. My son was adopted through the foster care system. He's now five. Um, I work full-time uh as, as a publicist and um you know we're just going through the joys of joys of autism uh day by day because you never know what you're going to get when you wake up in the morning so it's always a different day guess it keeps you on your toes
0: so it's interesting we're actually talking today because today is the anniversary when I adopted my oldest um oh, okay he I, I've raised him since he was thank you I've raised him since he was about a, a, about 15 months old he was uh, my ex-wife's son from her first marriage, and mm. uh, he's he's going to be twenty-one in January now.
1: Oh my god! Holy moly! But, but
0: we we celebrate. We call it Gotcha Day because yeah, I adopted him when he was uh, eight years old, so it's was back in two thousand eight, and uh, it was a really cool experience. You know, I mean, not like nothing yeah. changed in in a sense, but then like everything right, changed right. in a sense. Um, sure, but yeah, it was a very cool experience. So. That's, That's
1: exciting. I love that you celebrate that day. Um, yeah, I think it's awesome. Uh, no matter what the circumstances are, I think obviously I'm a big advocate of adoption. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> so, so when you're, when you were, well, well, let's, let's just go with this. How, how was the diagnostic, the diagnostic process for you and your son? Was that challenging was, because of the foster adoption thing or
1: i don't know if it was the foster care system or california but they they won't give you the diagnosis before three easily i'm i have read of parents who've gotten it earlier but through their you know mainstream doctor um but our doctors weren't capable of making that. In, uh, first of all, coming through the foster care system, I will say one of the beauties and benefits in, is that these kids are taken care of like medical is paid for, dental is paid for, they'll pay for schooling, they've helped with child care, they, they really take care of the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the downfall is the medical is really bottom of the barrel, <laughs> you know, Um So there's, you know, you have to maneuver some of these things. And while they're still technically a foster, you have no rights. Like as a parent, you have no rights. Um, The kid doesn't have any rights. It's really a frustrating process, but they would not even hear about a diagnosis. They wouldn't even talk about a diagnosis until he was three. That was their steadfast rule. That's the only answer I'd ever gotten from them. I could probably go outside of them and have done it out of pocket somewhere mm-hmm. else. But I i mean, my education was an education. I knew exactly what I was looking at from a pretty early age. I, I would say about 15 months,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, even at a year. I think our year appointment. I had concerns about, about his sounds and things like that. And, and I, I, I don't know, cause he was pretty neurotypical right up until after he turned one. Um, but like 15 months, I think we saw the doctor and I was like, okay, now I have a big concern about language. And he's like, just wait till 18 months. And I'm like, I don't see what three months is going to change, but we waited and nothing changed. And, they're still, they still are like, oh, okay, well, yeah, they, we won't diagnose till three. That's um, through what we call here, the regional center, um, where a lot of these kids will get their services through. Mm-hmm. Um, not, they would not even talk to me about it before, before three. So the process was pretty agonizingly, like the weight was agonizing because you can't really do anything without a diagnosis. But because my son is severely autistic, um, we I did advocate for services, and I did get them starting at eighteen months. So we oh, had speech and OT um, and cognitive uh,
0: therapies yeah.
1: from yeah from eighteen months.
0: Did you notice? Did they? Did did that benefit him? The therapies.
1: Uh, Again, I would say the services were pretty bottom of the barrel (laughs) and um, there were certain things that, that I could pick up on from them and then I could work with him and, and, but he, he was so adamantly against anyone else telling him what to do, or Mm -hmm. he's such a stubborn little (laughs) boy. (laughs) Um, So that, you know, it was hard. It was hard in the beginning for him to trust anyone and, you know, play along. There were certain, certain things he was interested in. And most of it, he was like, I don't care, go away, you know? So it was, it was a rough go. But again, it, I, I've always taken the initiative to, to work with him and, and, um, you know, to this day, most of our learning is what we do in the home. I feel,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but ABA therapy kind of did change a lot for us. And I'm eternally grateful for the, the therapist that we ended up with through, um, we use this company called BLC, but I mean, and that has been a game changer for us in a lot of ways.
0: So you, you, it's been a positive experience with ABA for you.
1: It has, I'm telling you, I was that parent who was steadfastly against it. Uh And I have a lot of friends who are educators who kept nudging me to like, just try it, just try it. I'm telling you, like, if nothing else, if he can gain some life skills from this, Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's, it's a positive experience. And I took their advice and I was like, I will try it. I did the, you know, parents have to go through two days of training or two weeks or something like that. I don't remember, but we did training for the ABA therapy before it started in the house so that we could understand it better. And I was that parent who fought everything and questioned everything. And they were like, geez, if we could just get through the training, <laughs> like maybe you'll see. <laughs> um and yeah, lo and behold, I will say to this day, because we still have them in home, um, that it it really has been the one thing that's steadily given us gains just as far as like life skills for him you know what Mm -hmm. i mean um sitting and he was always a good like he's always been a good eater can use his utensils like all those things were fine i mean not a good eater in the sense he eats a lot of food but he knows how to feed himself and that kind of thing like his you're talking like like
0: sensory related stuff food wise like yeah like like, like a small menu food
1: wise yeah. yeah. Like count him on one hand, the foods that he will eat, oh, but he there. can feed himself with a fork and a spoon. And, you know, and like, he's, he's always done well, like drinking from cups and, but he, you know, they assisted us with toilet training, which was, I didn't think would ever happen, <laughs> but you know, he was still four when he toilet trained. And I thought I never, I, I didn't think I'd see that day. Um, and he never, ever when but he's that kid who's like once it clicks he's -hmm. done he's got it he's good bye keep moving you know it's just sort
0: of bridging those connections sort of like like helping to connect the dots yeah
1: yeah and he's just that like if you you know there's sort of i do see the downside where it's a little pavlovian where it's just sort of like i'm going to just do this until you respond to this and then you'll know to respond to you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like But he does. He does respond. And and I think, I don't know. uh, Like I said, I've had a positive experience with it.
0: And it's improved Um, his quality of life. It has. Independence and things like that. That's Mm -hmm. awesome.
1: Yeah. There are things that I disagree with that I will say, I'm not comfortable with this, or I don't understand why we have to do this. And they'll explain things to me and sometimes I'll accept it. And sometimes I'll be like, no, let's change that. We've had a really rough go with, you know, learning from home. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been a just absolute shit show for us (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's not working he's not getting anything out of it he's angry and you know I don't know it's just it's not working um and they're trying to take it back where he we just want him to sit at the table where it's not a negative experience that he just doesn't assume every time I come to the table, it's going to be a bad thing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And so literally I think we're on like week four where if he comes to the table and looks at it and says, I'm all done. They're like, okay. And I I mean, after the third week, I was like, he has to go to school. Like, I don't (laughs) care. You know what I mean? Like, but I understand what they're doing, but there's also that sense of like, why you know let me just pull him out of school then he's five it's kindergarten like Uh why am i going through the motions of this he's never ever in front of the screen you know he won't go there so how how do they do kindergarten remotely (laughs) very difficultly (laughs) like like i said it's a shit show it's a special needs classroom so all of the kids are of you know Uh, different abilities but it's also a classroom of kindergarten first graders and second graders so it's even worse because you know there's a lot of kids who are very verbal and who are who just have you know different things happening and so they're just yelling all the time and screaming out answers and it's it's a very chaotic environment on screen and he immediately it's turned off. Like he's just like I can't handle that. It's probably overwhelming. It's sensory overload. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we we're having a tough time. But the, I mean, I understand. You know, the district makes it easy where they have all the kids together for about twenty minutes. Then they boot everybody, and then they bring them back in for twenty minutes. So he goes straight into like twenty minutes of kindergarten, and I'm like, and we can't get through it. So. I don't even know <laughs> what to say about that.
0: And you know, what? Um, you know, what's tough too, is that that will be one of his earliest experiences with education. Yeah. School wise. And, and I don't know if he's anything like my kids, they, they kind of generalize the shit out of everything. And if, and if it happens <laughs> once it's going to always right. happen, they don't, they don't, they don't give you, they don't really give you second chances. <laughs> yeah. They're very they they're very um it's, and it's not judgmental, it's just it's it's just the way they're wired. Like like if they go to the doctor and they get a shot, then yeah, they are afraid that every time they go to the doctor they're going to get a shot.
1: A 100%. And it's yeah, that, the same exact way.
0: And that's one of my concerns with the whole we're doing remote learning. We tried distance learning and that was a nightmare and we so we moved to remote learning at, at their old school and
1: what's the difference if i can ask yeah
0: uh distance learning is when it's when it's like completely online like there's no brick and mortar school and oh, remote okay. learning is they're at their their normal the, the school they were always at they're, but they're just doing it remotely through like google classroom and
1: oh things okay. like that i didn't learn that Got until
0: it. i just i interviewed uh, annette hines she's a, a special needs uh lawyer and yeah uh, oh. special needs mom and, and she This is one of her specialties. Was was navigating this whole, um, kind of alternate distance learning, learning. distance learning thing, and and she taught me all the differences. And there's like three or four of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been tough. My kids are so turned off to school. Yeah, it's been hard. And what what are they going to do? Like my 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 uh, my fourteen year old is freshman year in high school, and this is Mm. when like his grades actually affect the rest of his life right and so what like i don't know what they're going to do and and uh it's hard for them because they get overwhelmed because if there's little computer glitches and nothing works right all the time and pages take forever to load because there's too many people on and 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 it's Mm -hmm. just and trying to balance that and work and yeah like my kids are older so there's a little bit more independence and it's got to be really challenging for you
1: it's really challenging yes <laughs> that's putting it mildly i feel like the t- since the time we've been home which was early march um he's regressed in so many ways um but the biggest is the uh um you know, like he cannot let me out of it. Like, I can't take the garbage out. He loses his mind. It's like, where's my mom? Where's my mom? And I'm just like, I'm taking the garbage out. Like (laughs) chillax, dude. (laughs) And he can't. So it's been a little rough going that way. I feel like separation anxiety has
0: just Mm -hmm. anxiety,
1: I guess, anxiety all over the place, but the separation anxiety is really like tenfold all of the sudden. And Um, you know, yeah, he seems a lot more, it's almost if everything is a challenge now, whereas, you know, he was pretty easy, not easy, but I felt like we had a great routine when he was in school because he's been in a classroom since he was three. Mm -hmm. So he is used to it. They bus him to school. So he has that bit of independence and then he stays in a classroom for a couple hours and then comes home. And then he's usually with a nanny until I get home from work. And then, you know, we have our routine and it. It was very smooth. I thought, but this has just been every day is a struggle. Like I said, I never know what I'm going to get when I wake up in the morning Mm -hmm. I can tell by the first sound that comes out of him <laughs> if I want to get out of bed or I just want to hide my head and go I don't want to deal with this right now.
0: That's that's so totally relatable because when you're a special needs parent you get you, you can you can tell like there's just this feeling that you wake up in the morning and you can just tell like oh my god I don't even want to wake up today. We'll just skip today because I can already I can hear the way that they get out of bed sometimes, you know, sometimes yeah. when they're in a good place, like he climbs down off his top bunk and he just <laughs> gently gets on a floor. Other times he just plops down and makes all this noise. And, it, yeah. and it's because he's, he's already frustrated with something and that sort yeah. of sets the tone for the whole day. And it's like, we're exactly, fucked, you know,
1: that's totally the case though. It sets the tone for the entire freaking day. And yeah, it's, it's. It's a crapshoot. And a lot of times it's I mean, it's fucking exhausting. It really is. Uh that's that's been my biggest lesson when people say, like, what's it like? It's fucking exhausting. It's every day is exhausting, just mentally, physically. It's all really, really tiresome and trying. And and I've never been a patient person. And so this has been such a test for me because i'm I'm usually the first to go well oh, I'm no, fuck it I'm done not doing this <laughs> <laughs> but you can't do that with your kid you know yeah. <laughs> so I um there was a, a thread online yesterday about um so our school, our school district is LUSD Los Angeles and they've sent out um covid testing for uh they're setting appointments for covid testing for every kid in the school system uh-huh. and you know i'm like delete delete <laughs> and they keep getting these notices going you haven't signed up for your covid test and i was like yeah i don't plan to and there was just this thread about parents going are you guys doing this and everyone was like of course we're doing this and i was like hell no i'm not doing that you know i mean i do have a reason but i'm not doing if there is no date set to go back to school why am i going to put this child through that I know exactly. He's done flu sh- uh, flu tests before up the nose. And then somebody was saying, well, you know, just so you're aware, he could do a cheek swab. And I'm like, I appreciate that you think that is any easier than getting something up his nose. Mm-hmm. But it's not. You know what I mean? Because now he has literally four years, twice a year dentist appointments. And He knows when we're driving down that road, he already starts. You know what I mean? Like, it is, I mean, you would think when we go there, they're just stabbing him with needles. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? And that's how his reaction is when he walks in the door. But I'm like, yeah, if you think it's going to be any easier to get something in this kid's mouth, no, it's not going to be. But I have no interest in putting him through that. What before it's even
0: necessary? Yeah, we we haven't been we haven't been tested, but we've been like completely isolated for the most part. Yeah, days 130, or two hundred thirty two days now. Jesus Christ, I keep forgetting what day it is. <laughs> I have no it's idea. Like being on an island, I, I have no idea what day it is anymore. Nothing, you know. It used to be yeah. like you could feel it was a Monday, but now and Mondays were always shitty, right? But like every day is shitty, so it's like <laughs> it's like. Every Monday day is, is Monday. Set. My every Rob. day is Monday. Did you ever see the the movie Office Space? Yeah, it's like every day you wake up, Gosh. it's the worst day of your life. <laughs> and someone's it's like,
1: got a case of the Mondays. Someone's got
0: a case of the Mondays. <laughs> oh, I need to watch that today. Um, it is difficult because, like my my oldest, who is the one I adopted, Gavin, he's uh, he's twenty, will be twenty one. He he has a lot of health issues that require frequent blood work, or did require frequent blood mm. work. And, and even at the age of like four or five, it would take like nine people yeah. to hold, hold him down. Him down. They, I mean, yeah. security would be called because he would be combative yeah. and, and it went on like that for years and years and years. We'd always have to call ahead of time. And then it, then it got to the point where he had to have blood work like every week. And, and I, I just rate the whole, the whole fucking day off. Like, yeah, there is no chance that I'm going to come out of this in any mood to do anything else. So my phone yeah. is off. Don't talk to me. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm just going to call off life that day. Um, and it took a while, but now at, at 20 and even probably when he was 18 is when he really started getting better with it. He'll, he'll wait well, he can't right now cause of COVID, but I take him to the lab. He gets out of the car. He walks into the building. They sign him mm-hmm. in. They, I mean, everybody knows who he is, so they know to look out for him. And so it's set up in a way that it's safe but it gives him some independence. He goes in. He just, he just, he has to control the way that it happens. Like he wants them to count backwards from five to zero. And then yeah. it has to be a certain color wrap when he's done. And then he has to decide what vein it goes in. <laughs> I mean, and, oh, wow. and they're, they're really, they're really good about it because he's, I mean, That's amazing, he's got veins though. everywhere. So he's, he's good. Yeah. But it, but it does. It, 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 well, I would, I would say it can get better, you know, and in Gavin's yeah. case, it got remarkably better, but I totally get, um, I can't even imagine my kids had to get tested for the flu. Uh, cause actually when we went on lockdown on March 5th, it was because Elliot, my 14 year old tested positive for influenza B. Uh, uh-huh. cause we had just got, we had just gotten back from Florida and, and it was like 14 days to the day that he started showing symptoms. and. And the first cases started popping up right after we left Orlando. And so I'm thinking, holy shit, he's got COVID. Like yeah. that's just I mean, yeah. What else could happen? I right mean, now?
1: coming from Florida, yeah. A pretty, pretty valid
0: yeah. concern. And and well, then I'm thinking like we drove cross country because we drove there and back. And then it's like, oh my God, all the people that were exposed, like like there's gonna be a line of COVID infections from, from Florida to Ohio Four. that just traces it'll lead us lead them right to my doorstep. Right, And, and, uh, it ended up just being influenza B, which is bad enough, but, uh, they had to do the nasal thing where they go back and they swab your brainstem. It feels like, and yeah. And, uh, they, he wants, they want nothing to do with that. One time was enough and they are, they're terrified of (laughs) Q-tips now. So at, 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 at five years old, I can't imagine, I can't imagine trying to, to test an autistic kid. That way. And I don't actually know that I've talked to Uh, anybody. That's not true. I just talked to, um, one of the episodes that'll air after this, um, her, her child was diagnosed with COVID and he had to be tested. And so they did the, I think it was a nasal thing with him. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's, yeah, that's rough
1: it's it's uh it's a no-go for me we did um he did a flu test last year he got sick and i just wanted to be safe and um you know i started having a doctor come to the house instead of dry you know as soon as we go into a doctor's office he loses his mind but i thought anybody who comes into the house he gives them a chance Mm -hmm. and he literally he was so good it's the first time like someone's like stay on he's like ah and i'm like who are you you know it was so bizarre and then he stuck this thing up his nose and the look of betrayal on this kid's (laughs) face
0: before like yeah i get it
1: and then and then the i mean guttural scream ran hid in a corner (laughs) covered himself like he he hid in a corner that the jackets hang down and covered himself with jackets just screaming but like would not come anywhere near me or the doctor you know what i mean and i'm just like okay what have i just done i'm definitely you know if we can avoid the nose we're gonna avoid the nose um so
0: and that that brings up an interesting point too like when people listening to this like like i'm avid like we need testing for covid there's no question about that Yeah. But when it comes to, I mean, you're in a relatively controlled environment. And when you have a special needs kid, it doesn't make them any less susceptible. But no, there's significant fallout just for the testing. And you have to make decisions based on, there's a different set of factors in play that you really have to consider before you make decisions that are just maybe automatic for everybody else. But when you're dealing with an autistic kid, you really got to think about, like, okay, how could this go wrong? (laughs) And then is he ever going to, is he ever going to trust the doctors again? Or is he ever going to, you know what I mean? And, and, and so it is, it isn't just a, I don't want to do it kind of thing. We, you have to weigh, there are real consequences either way, but you, you have to, you have to, you really have to view things in a different light and analyze things a lot more than
1: than just dealing with a,
0: a typical kid.
1: Yeah. In every situation, not just this, but in every situation, you know, if someone invites you to dinner and you're like, do you have a pool? Is it gated? Do you have any, do you have a stream? Do you have any water source that's out in the open that he can access? That's the first place he's going to go. You know what I mean? So for me, it's always like maneuvering. What's, you know, what's going to be the thing, because if they don't have, you know, those kinds of things, then you're like, Okay, well, what is it going to be that he latches onto that he's not going to be able to walk away from or put down, or that's going to cause the big meltdown? Because that's usually how our nights out end. <laughs> you know, it's like and, if and I can't it, get into your pool, then I'm going to have to take your television off the wall and take it apart. That's that's
0: that's there's only, that's two, the options. only two
1: options. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: what else would you expect me to do? Exactly, and. and uh And that's so true too, because one of the things that, that I ran across early on, well, forever really, um, is when you're a parent to an autistic or special needs child, they may, like, you may want to go somewhere, right? Like you totally want adult contact. You you totally want to, to have something more than whatever cartoon they watch over and over and over and over and over over again. Um, (laughs) I, mean, I've, yes, I've, I do. I've, I've been there. Yes, I do. <laughs> I, like I don't want to hear about video games anymore. I don't want to hear about like you just it becomes like nails on a chalkboard. So when you when you're invited to go somewhere, it becomes like, oh my God, i so desperately want to go. But and my mm-hmm. my kid, if you can find a sitter who who is capable of managing the situation, um right. or or if you take them with you, even if they have a great time, there's still gonna be fallout you know, overstimulation, whatever. And you have to be, I always made the decisions based on, am I in a place to deal with what I know it's going to be like when I come home? (laughs) And if I'm not, it's like, fuck it. just, we just can't, we just can't do it. it. It's not worth it Mm -hmm. because not only is it tough for me, but the amount of distress that they're under to to go through a meltdown, that's, that's hugely distressing.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, and then, you know, I I mean, you'd never know what the circumstances are, but if, you know my kid will throw things when he's when he's really really frustrated or in the midst of a tantrum his biggest thing is like how destructive can i possibly be right now you know what i mean <laughs> and nobody wants that nobody wants to invite that over to their house you know what i mean so it's like i have to take into consideration like all these different things and i would say you know 9 times out of 10 to 10 times out of 10 it's usually past it's not worth it you know and it's, that's sad for both of us. It's sad for him and it's sad for me.
0: So I guess that, that transitions very nicely to my next question. How, how has, you know, becoming an autism mom affected your relationships with family and friends and, and things like that? I mean, cause like you have to make decisions that maybe not everybody understands the reasons behind it. Right. Right. You know, does exactly. You, does, that, does that impact things for you?
1: Uh, it- does i mean initially you you know what was sad is even before he was starting to get really combative um i kind of found our invitations waning a little bit Mm -hmm. where we used to be very like i was always very very social so when he came along i mean who doesn't love a baby you know what i mean everybody wanted us to come and and play and you know i'd say when he was about two two to three you know our invitations just started kind of dwindling when things were starting to get hairy for us which was in the twos um but yeah so it's a little sad I will say that it's changed the dynamic of relationships because uh, having an autistic kid is a very isolating experience there are not a lot of people who truly understand what that means they Mm -hmm. know like Oh, it must be so challenging. it must be so difficult, but you don't understand what those words mean unless <laughs> you're going through it. Mm-hmm. You really don't you can't. you know what I mean yeah. It's not like having a strong willed child. It's not like something I can control by being a better parent or being more disciplined with them. Yeah. you know
0: what i mean they'll they'll eat when they're hungry. that was one of my, yeah, one of my ones. that.
1: <laughs> By the way, they don't.
0: No, they don't. <laughs> so, it doesn't work that way.
1: Screw you. They don't. Um, My kid will go days without eating. If you're, you know, take away my chicken nuggets. I dare you. Well, I won't eat for the week, you know, and you're just like, Ugh, I give up. Here's your chicken, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um. So, yeah, there's just there are so many levels of this that I ha- I had not seen coming. And I'm still in the, you know what I mean? Every, like I said, every single day, it's something different. When, when we finally get to a point where I'm like, we, yes, we, we've gotten over that hurdle, that one hurdle. And you look back and you're like, ah, fuck, there's 987 hurdles left to go.
0: You
1: know what I mean? And you're just like, son of a bitch. It never ends. And I, you know, I do see as he matures that some, some things go away and mm-hmm. some things change, but then it's usually replaced by something else mm-hmm. as equally freaking annoying. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So. And, it, and it's tough because you know, one of the things that I face because like I've been sharing our story for about ten or eleven years, well, ten or eleven, twelve years, something like that. Um, and people, you know, I don't I'd I like to think that they're well intentioned, uh, because it just makes me help me to like accept the way the world is a little bit better. Um, but you know, there, there came a point where I had to stop. Like I had to give up my job as a fire medic. I had to shut my construction company down or my contracting company down. And I had to find ways to work from home because it it was too much. You know, my wife at the time, it it was just, it was too much for one person to handle period. Even on our best day, on our best day, two of us wasn't enough. Some of the times, and well you're outnumbered yeah oh you're totally <laughs> yeah. outnumbered you know it can't be when each kid is a full-time job you know
1: a hundred percent and
0: yeah. and and you know you you struggle financially you struggle emotionally and people would just be like rob you just need to go get a job like oh shit like why didn't i think of that? oh
1: that's, you know yeah
0: well you're right Rob. if, he's, if he's not going to eat uh just put something out there. He'll, when, you know, when he's hungry enough, lead it. I'm like, well, how long would it take? How hungry would you have to be to eat the shit out of the cat litter box? Because (laughs) as offensive (laughs) as that is to you, Tyson, freaking Tyson changing the color of their, the bags of the chicken nuggets come in (laughs) is enough to make him not Uh, want to eat them anymore. You know? Yeah. You can't
1: do that. Tyson.
0: I stopped cooking. I stopped cooking. I love cooking. And I, I really stopped a long time ago because it was pointless. Nothing yeah nothing was nothing was ever good enough, and it's not because they're difficult or purposely trying to create problems, but you know, I could never cook one thing that would accommodate all three of them. something would right. be wrong, or I'd have to make it multiple times or or it wouldn't taste right because uh, maybe one of the ingredients was off yeah. just a little bit and and then it becomes well, they're never going to try it again, or they're turned right. off to it forever, and it's like, yeah. holy shit, that's so much pressure, so it's like. Uh, you know, I try and keep, we keep chicken nuggets and chicken breast and all like try. I try really hard to balance their diet out, but it's nearly impossible. It's
1: impossible. I mean, I try to supplement for him, um, some sort of nutrients. He's really good at taking, um, vitamins like via syringe. We do everything via syringe and he'll, take it orally. And he's always been really, really good about that. So the only way I can get like this kid, you know, minerals and, and vitamins and uh, you know, he takes, we do broccoli pills, <laughs> and then I just open the capsule into the liquid, stir it in and he takes it via syringe. But that like, those are the kinds of things that I have to, you know, figure out and find and just ways of getting him some sort of nutrition and i don't even know if his body's absorbing it like this kid is so skinny like it it almost scares me sometimes my, my oldest
0: like i said is going to be 21 he he will not top 135 pounds yeah it's you terrifying cannot get him over 135 pounds no one can figure out why there's no like uh, you mean you would envision like this like five foot long tapeworm or something that, that would yeah. be sucking all the nutrients away. And, and it's not, I mean, well, this kid, he was drinking, yeah. he would eat all three meals. And then, uh, his, his gastro had him drinking booster and shore three times a day, yeah, which is just yeah. straight calories. And he, the, the highest yeah. he got was, I think one, one forty at 21 or almost 21. I mean, that's wow. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I was going to ask you too, when you were bringing some of this stuff up, do you find that you, like you talked about the hurdles, right? And like you get over the one, not realizing <laughs> yeah. there's a thousand more, yeah. but you, you ever find a solution to something where you're like, holy shit, it's finally working. Thank God it's driving me nuts, but it only works one time yes. and, the, and then it doesn't work again because that target is constantly moving <laughs> it and happened just can't
1: yesterday as a matter of fact. So I've been begging, we work with a MAPS doctor who, you know, they're doctors that work with autistic kids and understand, you know, what we're dealing with, but I try to keep everything in a more natural way for him and literally for a year. So my son, he does have language, but he's not conversational at all. Um, He will use words to ask for his wants and needs, but he mostly just is noises. And he makes this sound. It's like living with a pterodactyl. It's just constant. And it's, it's so high pitched and it goes straight into your like temple in your eardrums. And it just like, I mean, it's the most grating sound. I can't function. I can't concentrate. I can't work in the room with him if he's, you know, emitting the sound, which is Pretty much all day. Um, And I finally called the doctor and I was like, I've been asking you for a year. There has to be something to help me, like, just calm him down, like, take him down a notch. We are on 14 different kinds of magnesium and, you know, like, nothing works with this kid. Um, And he was like, Well, try valerian root. And I was like, Fine, valerian root, come to my house. So literally, I got valerian root yesterday. He had the best, most amazing day. No vocalizations, quiet as a church mouse, content to just sit to play or read or, you know, watch a video. But even like when he has like his iPad, it's on, but he can't stop moving. He's running, he's jumping, he's, it may be on in the corner and he has headphones, so he'll listen, but. He's off and running and he cannot, he can't sit still for 10 seconds. The only time his body stops moving and, and, and it's not even a hundred percent is when he's sleeping, but sometimes his body will still twitch and move. It's crazy. And he, you know, but he never, ever, ever is calm.
0: My oldest sleeps with his eyes open. It's so creepy. That's crazy. That's creepy. We call call it creepy sleeping sleeper (laughs) because you never know like you never know if he's just like messing with you and i've seen way too many movies (laughs) to like just walk in there and you know it always it just freaks me out I don't know why it is well
1: this morning as I'm making his little concoction his therapist came and I was like you're not going to believe how wonderfully behaved he's going to be all day today this is amazing it's the most amazing thing I've ever tried I can't believe it's a miracle and yeah he's completely back to the way he was the day before yesterday so
0: I have no idea why that is I don't know I don't know there's things I wish I knew we'll we'll go shoe shopping for my youngest, who's super sensory oriented and we'll try on 30 pairs of shoes. Right. And yeah. we have the best luck. Originally we would go to the Skechers outlet because the way they were cheaper because I knew he would wear them like once and then never wear them again. But, <laughs> but he would find something that was comfortable then. And then we'd bring them home and he would wear them once or twice and then never wear them again because they hurt or, or yeah. they itch or they make his feet upset or you know, whatever, whatever yeah he, the way he describes it. Uh and it's frustrating because like you just because you find a solution that works once does not necessarily mean it's going to work twice or three times or four no, times or five times. No. And so it, it is it's or constant. Forever again. <laughs> it's constant. I always tell people yeah. like, you know, being an autism parent is a 25 hour a day job. And they're like twenty yeah. five hours off. There's only twenty four, and I said, "Yeah, <laughs> I know that." Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, I mean,
0: it it there. You need more. There's not enough time in a day. There's not enough me to go around, and I, I mean, it just it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of rewarding things. It's it's totally worth it, uh, but it is it is challenging, and people don't I don't think understand that, which is kind of the right the hope that I'm I have with with doing these conversations is that it helps to. You know. Maybe somebody listens who has someone in their family who has an autistic kid and and this gives them insight and maybe they're able to be more compassionate or maybe help out in a way that's beneficial, you know, or, or just, you know, be a productive, um, education is, is, is really important and stuff like this, it can be so vastly different from one family to the next. Uh, I think it's important that everybody has a voice. Um,
1: yeah, I um, I also think it's very important that, you know, if you are in a similar similar situation that, you know, you're not alone, because, like I said before, it's just so extremely isolating. And I and, you know I have a lot of friends, but I'm, I'm, I do think there has been that change of, you know, some people just don't ask anymore to, mm-hmm. to hang out. Um, and the ones that do. I I'm always like, do I want to bring this upon other people? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's a lot. When I come, I come with a lot and, you know, I do have friends that are very understanding and gracious and they're like a kid's a kid's a kid. And I think what worries me is that the bigger in, you know, the bigger he gets and the less, (laughs) you know, um, the, the more they can see, it, it's not really going away. Well, <laughs> you know it's, and mean, when they're but... younger,
0: it can be cute and endearing. But when they hit 20, like my oldest, yeah. and, and he, he's cognitively somewhere, I get somewhere in like the area of five or six in a lot of places. And, mm-hmm. and so when he, he reacts like a toddler sometimes, and so you yeah. see a grown man, what looks like a grown man with a beard and everything else, um,
1: right.
0: reacting like a five year old. I mean, we just had that problem uh, shortly before I got on uh, with you, and and that is that is something that it it does change as they get older. It's not cute anymore. Yeah, it terrifies (laughs) me. It's more destructive. It's not cute, right? You know, so I I totally get that.
1: You know, they're bigger, they're stronger. That worries me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's he's five, and he's so so strong now.
0: Yeah,
1: and I'm like. I've been trouble in a few years if we can't figure some of this stuff out to where you can at least control your emotions on some days, you know, because it, it is, it's a scary thing, but but I do think it's important for people to understand that, you know, you're not you're not in, in it alone. And I think if um, you know, it's nice to to have someone to reach out to or talk to or vent to whatever it is um, that understands because they're going through it as well. And I, I appreciate this conversation because it helps me build my, my group of folks that I could say, Hey, Rob, you know, can I vent to you today? Can I, and, and I hope you know that I am here to reciprocate if you ever need to. I appreciate that. I just want to, you know, like building that community, I think is really important because mm-hmm. I could lose my sanity on most days, you know what I mean? But knowing that I do have folks here and there, or that I think just just having this conversation alone has to be very therapeutic. Having, having the podcast must be very therapeutic for you as well. This is my adult Um, contact. I just,
0: (laughs) this is how I know adults are real. (laughs) They're like, they're like these mythical creatures that I never see anymore, but I I see well you guys can't see, but I can see. So I know I'm talking to a real person (laughs) and and I know they're an (laughs) adult and I know they're real. And so, yeah, it is, it is, it is, Yeah, It, it helps. It helps, and and when I started the blog, the idea was to, um, the idea was to use it as sort of a digital diary. I had no idea how yeah. the internet worked, ten or eleven years ago, whatever it was, and and I wrote exactly what I was thinking and feeling, thinking nobody would ever see it. Yeah, and turns out it wasn't <laughs> That's private. That's what I always think. It wasn't private, and yeah, and there, it just boomed into this huge thing because I was saying things again, not realizing that people were reading it. Um, I, I was just sort of unloading and I was saying the things that a lot of people felt, but were uncomfortable saying themselves or, or they were thinking, yeah. but, but thought they were the only ones struggling with something. And, and it just became it right. became therapeutic for me. Because I would put something out there and I'd be able to walk away from it and not like carry it as a yeah, burden. Exactly. And and the podcasts yep. are cool because I've written almost twelve thousand five hundred posts and I'm I'm so tired of writing anymore. And <laughs> and it's nice and it's nice to just to have conversations with people who get it. Yeah. You know, who yeah, understand. A hundred percent. Like I there's no judgments. And you know, when I when I talked about like changing the when tyson changed the color of the bag that chicken nuggets came in people will be like so what like what does that matter i mean they still make them the same Uh, way right what is it i'm like i know that i i I spent years trying to convince my kids it's the same goddamn thing it's just in a different package the package was upgraded exactly i try to i try to upsell it like oh man it must be like super fresh now or like or (laughs) you know they're they're they upgraded the package to keep it so that it lasts longer or something and, and it's no sale. Like they will not buy into no. it No. And uh, yeah, people don't, people don't understand that. And it's so it's nice to connect with people who do.
1: Yeah. It, it takes less energy. I, I feel you on every level. Like I understand, I feel like there've always, you know, no matter what you can throw out there, I've probably had that experience with mm-hmm. mine as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I totally get it. And uh yeah, I think I just I hope people know that, you know, hey, reach out because
0: I'll talk I'll tuck your ear off. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? It, and it's but, good. You need a you need good. a village. Yeah. You know, and you do. And you're not in and a lot of people I think are are afraid to reach out or uncomfortable reaching out because yeah. maybe they've been judged in the past and they don't know that there's a whole community of people who live it every single day. And yeah. you know, I, I'd love to hear some of your stories because I'm so tired of my own. You know, and and, <laughs> and uh I'd I like know. to hear from people who tell me that they they're going through, you know, it doesn't make me happy that they're going through the same thing, but it it does sort of validate what I'm experiencing no, and there's I, comfort in it.
1: I think yeah, I think that's it in a nutshell. Honestly, I, I I'm not like, oh great, I'm not the only one in pain. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I just like it's nice to know that. I am, it is, it is, it's validating to know that, okay, I'm, I'm not the only person struggling here. Like, because outside of that, you wonder, am I doing this wrong? Is everybody else having, you know, sunshine and roses? And like, I understand, you know, their idiosyncrasies with each of their kids and every kid's different and all of that. But I'm like, am I the only one who really, really struggles with this? Mm -hmm. Because I do, you know what I mean? Like there are days where I go to sleep in tears because it's been the worst possible day. And I, you know, I talk out loud and say, I don't that I'm the person for them like I think you chose wrong. <laughs> like I don't think I don't think this is my thing. <laughs> I don't think I'm good at it. you know what I mean And then you wake up in the morning and he I don't know every time I get to that point where I have a night like that, he wakes up in the morning just a love like mm-hmm. you know what I mean And I'm like, okay, I get it. It is my you know like this is where I'm supposed to be. but sometimes it's really hard to be here. Um I, I also like I I never sugarcoat things with people because I think it's important that people know and they say like how are you doing? Shitty. But I go pretty shitty. I am yeah, <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a rough couple of years, dude. I'm not gonna lie. And here's all the things that have happened just today. And people go, holy crap. But I'm like, but yeah, I don't, I'm not that girl who's like, I'm fine.
0: Uh, not me. <laughs> well, <see> that that's, <laughs> that's good. I'm like so no. many people. It took me a long time to get to a point where I was comfortable just telling people how I really felt, because it was overwhelming to tell people. You know, like they're like yeah. they don't know what to say, and and they just kind of it makes it awkward and uncomfortable. And so it was just like, oh, I'm fine. You know, everything's cool. You know, the kids, phew, they're a breeze. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's like an autopilot. I just get out of bed and life just unfolds before me and. You know, and, and yeah. whether they get the sarcasm or not, a lot of times they never mm-hmm. pursued beyond that because they just, you know, but like, Correct. If, like, if I, if I ask you, how are you doing? And you're like, Oh, I'm great. Mm-hmm. I can like, you can't bullshit another autism parent. Right. We know exactly because I know, I know you, you weigh, you instantly weigh, like, do I say exactly what's going on or do I just make it easy and nice and clean and you know, and, uh,
1: yeah. I usually don't weigh. I'm like, fuck it. It was a pretty rough night. I've had about four hours of sleep. My kid's a pterodactyl. Like, I mean, I don't know how else I can tell you. It's been a rough morning. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I, I, You had mentioned that you, you, you sometimes ask, like, you question whether you're the right person for the yes. job. And I, have, I yes. have, like, I'm not overtly religious or anything like that, but there are times where I'm like, Holy no. shit. Like, you have totally overestimated my abilities to do this.
1: Hundred. There is just
0: there's just no way. Like how how like I can name like ten other people who are probably yeah uh, better off at this than I am, and um, I I I just you know, I I think maybe mm-hmm. you need to either give me more of whatever it is that I need to do better, or you know, yeah, um,
1: make it a little bit easier on me, pal. But like, I th- come on. I,
0: I then <laughs> then I I realized, and I tell parents this all the time because it it occurred to me one day that you know we don't have to be perfect parents, and we're never going to be perfect parents. I mean, right. I, for myself, if if you look up imperfection, there's C Rob Gorski because I'm I'm no, right there.
1: But any parent of a neurotypical child is never going to be a perfect parent but we
0: but we 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 were if if, whether you believe chosen or however however you know um Mm -hmm. we are the perfect person to parent our unique child because there isn't somebody out there who could do a better job with your kid than what you're doing and there isn't people out there who could do a better job with my kids than i'm doing and it doesn't feel like that to you and it certainly doesn't feel like that to me but that's the reality of it. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I don't, I don't get into this whole, we're not given more than we can handle. Cause that's f- bullshit. I mean, bullshit. There are, there's plenty of things that I can't handle and I get lots of, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but 100%. I, I, yeah. I do think that that, you know, me, my kids being placed in my life served a purpose and, and it, it is just the course of my life to guide them through. And they teach me, you know, more, I think than what I teach them most of the time I I've learned, like you, you talked about patience and, um, understanding and they kind of slow the world down and, and you celebrate every little tiny thing that's awesome. And, you know, and, and it's, it, it is, it, it's, 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 it's a mixed bag. It's a roller coaster that you just can't ever seem to get off. Uh, and, and it's tough, right. but, but it is, you know, for me, it's rewarding. I mean, I say that now, uh, I may not say that in 20 minutes, you know, <laughs> it just depends. Yeah,
1: I, I will have to say like for, you know, as, as much as I have, you know, I'm I, I not, it's not like every day, but as for the times that I do get to that point where I'm like, this is not, this is not meant for me. I do believe that I am the only person that can do this for him, uh-huh. you know? Um, I can't imagine him being anywhere else and getting what he needs. Yeah. You know what I mean. Um, so I do think you're right on the money with that. I truly do believe that. But um, you know, just life does not make it easy. And so I,
0: I had somebody, somebody on the podcast. I don't know earlier in the year, and they they made me think of this in a different way. And they said that you know we chose where we are. You know like you chose to be an autism mom. It may not feel like that to you and it doesn't feel like that to me but she's like you could have took off, Rob, when you knew your kids were autistic, you could have left. But you chose to stay, you know? And it's right. sort of it's mm-hmm. sort of it's sort of empowering to kind of to kind of look at it that way because it's like well, you know, maybe I don't have to be perfect because I'm already doing things that not everybody else would be able to do. You know, and, right. and my kids are polite. They're alive after 233 days of being locked in a house. <laughs> All that we started with four, yeah. and there's still four. <laughs> and my goal is to right. have four when we get out. Um, but there the, you go, you know. I mean, so we sort of celebrate those. Uh, oh, what Emmett, here's here's here. come on in. <laughs> yeah, and did I text you back and said no? I I, I did. Did you check your phone? You have to look at it to see it. Okay. Okay. I don't, is it, is it in a brown box? Okay. Okay. You can bring it in the house, but do not open it. I'm not saying it's a Christmas present. We just, thank you. I love you. (sighs) Almost, almost I, I got down <laughs> to the last question <laughs> You did it again.
1: Amazing.
0: Oh, that's life. You know.
1: It's life. That is life. You can't yeah. take
0: it too seriously or you lose your mind. Faster. You really can't. Yeah. So okay, so I, I have two more questions. One. Okay. What do you do to take care of yourself? Like what what's the last time you did something like nice for yourself?
1: Well, I mean, I do take care of myself <laughs> because I feel, I mean, nobody else does, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, i uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really lucky in the sense that, um, my mom is still with us and she takes Elijah on the weekends. So I get two days to myself or a day and a half to myself every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, which is nice. A lot of times I just sit on the beach all day on Saturday and collect my thoughts and, (laughs) you know, or think of nothing. And, um, but you know, I will do things. I will get my hair done. I'll get my lashes done or whatever it is, you know, those little things that, kind of make me feel like I'm still human in all of this, not just with him, but just COVID in general and, and life, you know what I mean? So I, I have, it's so funny because like, I'll get my hair all done up and then I'll come home and be like, why did I do that? I'm like, well, what am I trying a breath? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then you're just like me, just yeah. me. Cause Doing it makes you. me feel you you gotta, good. You gotta, you gotta feel good about it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's good because so many parents, they, we get, we can get caught up in this thing where, where everybody feels like our kids have to converse all the time, and while that's important, and if they we don't, do for if, a lot of it, if we don't take care of ourselves, and we have nothing to give our kids, and that is true, and and kids on the spectrum, I, I mean, I'm sure you figured out by now, but they, they probably are going to need us for a lot longer than, than for a
1: lot longer than I hoped.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I, I have. <laughs> my my three are already well. One of my oldest has decided he wants to move out now. I don't know how that's going to work, um and it it won't probably. But my other two have decided they want to. They could <laughs> move out when they get older. They have decided they're going to live with me forever. And I was like, oh, okay. hell no! You're not going to live with me okay. forever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> By the time you guys are eighteen, you're going to want to be gone. I'll 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 make it so that you want to be gone. Yeah. No, but I, I, they, I mean, I know. I'll keep my kids as long as they want to be kept, I guess. Uh, yeah. But you guys, so well, my to goal is
1: to get my son to a place where he can function, you know, hopefully in, in the real world one day, you mm-hmm. know, that's my goal. I mean, he's five, we've got some time, we're working hard. Um, but yeah, I do give, I, I do give myself that time because I have to, you know what I mean? I just really have to, even, you know, I also, you know, I work 40 hours a week, probably more than that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's important to me that I can't stay sane unless I, I have a little bit of time for myself. So I think, you know, thank goodness for my mom who really does pitch in and uh, pick up the slack when I need it. Um, But yeah, I'll do, you know a weekend with the girls if i you know it comes we're we're doing one first weekend in november so that's going to you know like things like that and then i mean i love my kid and i i actually do love doing things with him i I just want like my best memories as a kid were family vacations, and so that's something I'm trying to start with him. Even though, like, I don't know if he in in will remember. I I don't know. I remembered things at his age, but I don't know what all of this is like inside of his head. But it's important to me to kind of create. Memories like that with him. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, I know he loves to swim. I know things like that. So I try every year to take him somewhere, just him and I, and have a little bit of, you know, fun together, Mm -hmm. regardless. So those kinds of things, even though like I do take him along, I feel like are as much for my sanity as it is to hopefully build memories for him.
0: Do you have any? uh, sort of parting advice for parents who, you know, like, like, like <laughs> one tip or trick or, or like I always tell people self care is like, I think super important. So that's always my, like being yeah, a dead horse kind of thing. It is super but important. Do you have like one, one thing that you think like autism parents should know, or even people who aren't autism parents should know about what it's like to be an autism parent.
1: Well, I think, um, I think I'm the last person who should give people advice, <laughs> 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 but I do it honestly. So uh, if you need some, come to me, cause I'll tell you, tell it like it is. Uh, but I do think, um, I think it's important to not keep, if you, you know, if you're going through anything like this, so whatever your situation is in your life, it's really important to talk about it it's really important to not feel like you have to do it alone. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm the only adult in my house, and I know I cannot do it alone. And I'm not, I'm not doing it alone. So I, it when I need help, I ask for help. When I've reached my wits end, I call somebody else and say, I need to hear what you think or how, how can I, you know, I'll reach out to our therapists if it's a weekend, if it's a holiday and go, I need help. What do I do with this situation? I just think it's important to make sure, again, I think why I do not um, sugarcoat and I don't like, if someone asks me how you are, you're going to hear how Mm -hmm. I am. You know what I mean?
0: I think that is really, really good advice. Um, Well, thanks. And it, it really is a good, and, and I am, I mean, you do have a friend who has autistic kids now, so I'm Woo! always here. Yeah. I got one. Yep. <laughs> uh, we, we can never have enough of of, no, of people I, like this, and, and it's important. So uh, I'm always really here. It's
1: really important to me to build this circle, and I appreciate that. Sure. I'm going to take you up on it. Trust me. Yeah.
0: Thank you again very much for coming yeah. on the show. I really appreciate it. It's it was, been my pleasure. It was, yeah, it's so cool. I, well, I think it'd well, be cool, anyways. We'll but it's do it
1: again sometime.
0: definitely it's even cooler when when you've been on lockdown for so long. I know. know,
1: right? Yeah, I f- we um, just launched a podcast, so you'll have to return the favor someday. Yes,
0: what it what what well what, what is the podcast?
1: Well, based on my life, it's called "What Doesn't Kill You."
0: There you go. <laughs> is it is it actually live now?
1: It is. Yeah.
0: Excellent. I'll check that out today. Yeah. So we're I'll, super excited. I'll put that in the show notes. And if, if you want like your social media shared yeah. or anything like that, um, if you can just, just respond in the email that I, I send you as soon as my kids thing and yeah, let me know I'm and I'll put all the notes.
1: People reach out, I would love it.
0: Cool. Very cool. Well, thank Fantastic. you.
1: Fantastic. Thank you. You
0: guys stay safe and, uh, take care. Yeah. Take right. care. Yep. Thank you. Yep, bye. Bye. Before I close things out today, I just want to say thank you to Lynn for taking the time to come on the show and having a conversation about her journey with her son. Uh, I learned a lot. I laughed a lot too, because she's hilarious. Um, But I I didn't know anything about the foster process uh, when you're dealing with special needs kids. And I mean, that's a hell of a journey, truthfully. And uh, I have a lot of respect for you, Lynn. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I hope that you guys were able to to laugh and, and learn, uh, from her story. I, I think that it's so important that we stay connected with each other. We're all in this together. Um, you've got to check out her podcast. It's called what doesn't kill you. I'll have links in the show notes below. Um, I'll have her social media down there as well, because she said she's open to, to hearing from you guys. So, uh, you can connect with her if you're interested in doing so. Uh, as for me, you can find me at theautismdead.com. My social links are at the top of the page. Uh, please remember that I have a resource parenting resource page on a site now that has uh, fully vetted products and services that I have thoroughly tested that are designed to improve the quality of life of special needs families uh, like ours. So uh, check that out. Um, please stay safe. COVID is just going crazy right now across the globe and uh, it's going to be a dark winter according to all of the people who know more about it than I do. So please stay safe, follow the guidelines, social distance, wear a mask, Uh, I will talk to you guys next Friday, I guess. Yeah. Talk to you guys next Friday. Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills, such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. Brainiac cross trains motor movement, visual, auditory, and cognitive thinking connections using fun interactive video games. Strengthened connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com, that's K-I-N-U-U.com and be sure to use the code the autism at checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer and it will expire on May 31st.